This is Manya from Friendshipable, a Project BFF podcast. Along with my co-host Terry, we love talking about friendships, talking with others who think about friendships, and learning about these important relationships in our lives. If you like this content, please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash projectbff, or subscribe to the podcast via your favorite podcast app. If you have a podcast, consider hosting it on Buzzsprout. We love it. They make it so easy. And we have a link in our show notes for you. Thanks. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Terry. How are you today? I'm good, Manya. What's going on? Well, we are here for podcast number 11. If I I've run out of fingers, I can't. That's good. I can't count them on two hands anymore. I know. This is so exciting. <laughs> And today for our topic, we are talking about the pandemic and how that has impacted friendships. Yeah. We are at a point now where for a lot of people, we are able to start moving on and places that had been locked down are Mm -hmm. opening up and mask mandates are being thrown out the window. And we're all able to um, maybe spend time together in ways that we haven't for the past 15 plus months. So we just kind of want to think about what has the pandemic done to friendships? So I'm going to throw that to you, Terry. What are your initial thoughts on the topic? Yeah, I, I'm sure there's a lot both positive and negative, which are the, the, the true extremes. But I think there, there is definitely been an impact on friendships. Um, even whether they're long distance friendships or they're in the neighborhood kind of friendships, everybody, for one thing, I think a lot of people had different, absorbed all the information that we received differently and took the information or the, the gravity of the situation at different levels. Um, and all because we're all different people and the way we process information can be differently and the way the confidence that we might have to be able to manage situations are, can be different too. So those, and probably a dozens of other factors play into that. Um, it, so for some friendships, depending upon where they were at, and this is a rather broad statement that we can kind of like maybe dissect a little bit, it probably strengthened some friendships, mm-hmm. maybe prompted people to reach out to people they hadn't heard um, or spoken to in a long time because of, because of the seriousness of the situation to see how people were. Yes. Or it, um, there might have been new friendships um, through zoom meetings with other people. Um, yeah. that, cause that was the only way we were doing that. And, um, and just maintain some friendships, having that group of friends or those particular friends that through our virtual visits, you didn't realize how important it was to even see people in that manner to make you feel better and to make you feel um, loved and included by a friend. So I know that kind of covers a gamut, but I really do think that it was all depending upon the, the way individuals approached the, the crisis. Yes, I think you're right. And I think it was, well, from my own experience, I'm going to say, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was 
easier to maintain friendships when you had a similar approach to the crisis and the Mm -hmm. pandemic. And because I definitely feel that with most of my friends, we had a very similar belief about what was happening Mm -hmm. and what we as individuals needed to do. And that made it relatively straightforward to decide things like, can I see you in person? And Mm -hmm. if so, what would that look like? So you had like-minded approaches to the, the safety factor of all of it. Yes. And I, and I think that made a difference. I have some friends who are not, uh, not people I see every day. They're Mm -hmm. people I absolutely adore, but who I know had very different approaches to the pandemic, but Mm -hmm. there aren't people that I would tend to see on a regular basis anyway. So it was sort of easy to just maybe do a zoom call and just not talk about the pandemic or yeah. Just not even talk about, because we were doing it virtually, it didn't matter that we had different beliefs about whether or not we should wear masks or Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, I mean, again, I think most of my friends are sort of aligned with me in in their thinking. And for those who were having different thoughts, it just didn't come up because our relationship Mm -hmm. is such that maybe we don't talk about those kind of things or we don't see each other often enough. So I think I got pretty lucky. Um, well, maybe I, it's the work that I put into my friendships and, <laughs> and then I choose people who well, have the reason of- why they are your friends in the first place, you <laughs> right. know, that, that goes back to their, their, our, our peeps. They, we already get along very well and have good friendships and relationships. So there must be some common thinking, um, yes. on world events and different kind of aspects of life too. So it really, yeah. So that is the segment that was probably the easiest to navigate, um, along yes. the way. Did you have to navigate any friendships where they, where anybody felt particularly differently in terms of safety and behavior in the pandemic? I didn't, I think, we were all pretty much on the same page. Um, there's a, a group that I'm closest with. There, there was was an individual or two that did do some travel um, early on and a little bit halfway through. And although it wasn't fully said out loud, some people was like, "Really?" kind of thing. And and but not to the point of it was lecture time or it was um, you know w- what were you thinking kind of you know um, just chastising somebody but more out of concern. Um, but once it was said and done, there wasn't really anything to to do with that. So um, so I think for the most part we were on the same page with it. There's a couple of things with this one group that some of us are not that far apart from one another, but yet our lives are so busy that we don't typically see one another on a regular basis to Mm -hmm. begin with. Um, But I do know that, I don't know how many months in to, to, you know, living the life we were all living, we finally said, okay, we need to have a call, a Zoom call, a virtual call. And going back, referring back to what I was talking about earlier, I personally didn't realize how important it was to even see and talk and just hang out 
until that happened because we had been texting and all that kind of stuff, but actually seeing somebody. Um, yeah. So that's what changed with that. And for people who are out of state that I don't see a whole lot, I think it kind of, you know, the check-ins probably more, more frequent with, you know, texts and things like that, just to see how people were doing. So, um, um, so nothing too diverse in terms of the approach. Um, so I, I think I, I consider myself lucky with that, actually. Agreed. As do I. Early on, I was, you know, depressed, nervous, scared, all of the things that so many of us were feeling in those early days in March when we just didn't know what was happening. But somehow, I think most of us knew it wasn't really just going to be a two-week uh, lockdown. Right, right. And I reached out to a few friends and said, basically, can we touch base every day? Like, really? This is unsettling to me. I know this isn't something we normally do, but is can we do this? Yeah. And one friend said, yes, absolutely. And sometimes it was merely a text. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this is someone I may not have necessarily texted every day, but, right. you know, so we would either text or have a phone call. And we actually still continue to almost every day mm-hmm. to do that. And another friend that I reached out to said, that she didn't want to do that. And, um, and that was also fine. And she gave her reasons, which at the moment I'm oh, okay. not even remembering, but they yeah. made complete sense mm-hmm. in, in the way she was dealing with mm-hmm. it. Sort of didn't want to have to feel, I guess, beholden because- Or, or, com- or committed to or- reaching out to you when- it wouldn't have worked for her or it, exactly. wouldn't have, it wouldn't have enabled her to handle it the way she needed to handle it. Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. And yeah. so, and I understood that in the, yeah. in the way she said, no, I, I'm not really interested in doing that. Yep. And I thought about that when we were thinking about this topic mm-hmm. and I don't know about other people, but I feel like this experience has also enabled me to be more open and understanding to the needs of others in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I hope that my friends would say that I was open and understanding before, before. as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like this was just an extra level of, you know, we were all going through an incredibly difficult time. And I felt like even amidst what I was dealing with, I was able to step up and help my friends in the ways that they needed help as well. Mm -hmm. And um, that felt really good. And I have a few friends I definitely feel closer to because of the conversations we've had over the past 15 months. Does it surprise you that it was those particular individuals or if you, yeah, yeah. No, I think if, yeah, if you had, if we'd been talking about two years ago and you said, peg, peg who the people would be, these are exactly the people. So, yeah. yeah. You know what? Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, did you have any kind of new friendships that were sort of fresh at the time that we shut down Mm -hmm. and, and did, how did this impact them? I... No, I don't think so. 
I think that the the friends that I have, um, both near and far, have been the established friends for a while. Mm -hmm. And so I that's a great question, though. I don't I mean, I've got acquaintances or people I've met through different groups or through work. Um, and, and I guess work is different because we kept, we worked together this, you know, virtually. So, um, so that was, those work relationships were maintained. But excellent question. No, there wasn't any um, person that I met as a friend, you know, four or five months before um, to see how the difference would be made. But do, how about you? Did you have to, you know, strike up a friendship with somebody just as this was all starting to, to, to percolate? I did actually. Ah. So I um, found myself making a new friend, this fabulous woman who I met at a social event, probably mm -hmm. in the fall. And we, you know, met, I think a couple times for coffee. And then I, had another kind of long-term acquaintance who had become a friend over the pr previous year. And I just felt like they would get along really well. So I had introduced them mm -hmm. and we had done one or two things together, I think right before everything kind of shut down. And that was really interesting to navigate because the pandemic took away the things you normally do to build a new friendship, which is go to brunch. And well, that's what, when you were talking before, that's, that's and, and the same, exactly what I was thinking of going out to dinner and just going for drinks and stuff like that became either nothing or go for distance walks. So yeah, so that's exact the, the, the meeting places for growing a friendship went away. Yes. Yeah. And, and we, I think we all worked at it. In, in as much as we could, we definitely had a few more like longer periods of times where we all sort of didn't really connect. Yeah. And I did with some of my other friends, but we would do zoom calls and we have done some socially distanced walking. Mm -hmm. And now the third one of us is um, just a few days away from full immunity, got their second shot a little while ago. And um, we are now planning to go do something in a couple of weeks out and about. Mm -hmm. um, and I am so pleased that this didn't sort of fall apart in the midst of yeah. all of yeah. this. Yeah. Because um, it very well could have, because it was a fresh enough friendship that mm -hmm. I think there would have been, nobody would have looked back or have been angry if things had just fallen apart because well, right. the because world was falling apart. Right. You hadn't built enough common experiences yet or, yeah. but at least, but yeah. So it'll be interesting to track, well, not to track those friendships. It's not <laughs> like they're going to change now that you can actually see one another. They'll, they'll, they'll grow stronger. Yes. Um, yes. So just to, in the few minutes we have left, it's when we were, when we well, mentioned the word crisis, it, um, this was very unique in that it was a global crisis and it, and it literally impacted every individual um, in some way, shape or form. And I, I was, I 
was reminded of a national crisis such as the 9-11 attacks where we all have that common experience and other events like that of where were you when kind of thing. Yes. yes. And, but that's different. And I'll, I'll kind of, I don't really have a question for you, but I'm, that's different in that it didn't take away our personal contact with individuals. Yes. And we handle those kind of crises differently. Right. And, and in, in a lot of those cases, we handle those crises by physically coming together yes. and, and giving each other hugs when we needed it and letting people cry and mm-hmm. being there, you know, physically for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, early on, if you look back at the press, the news articles, so much of the topic early on was we're taking away the very thing that people, that helps people get through these kinds of. um, Yeah. Other people. Yeah. Other people. Yes. And, you know, I think the, so I think we're both in a position where we have maintained our friendships, whether they Mm -hmm. were new friendships, like Mm -hmm. in my case, or some of our older friendships, but I do imagine that some people are dealing with friendships that just didn't yeah. survive, whether it's because for whatever reason, they just couldn't survive the physical distance, or if people had different approaches to the, the, mm-hmm. the public health concerns and right. maybe somebody got vaccinated and somebody didn't. And then that's feeling like they're, they can't come together on that. I can imagine that there are people who, as we're coming out of this are mourning the loss of some of their friendships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, you know, I think all of these experiences are, you know, completely normal given, Mm -hmm. given what's going on. Because we all are, are, we're all handling it in the way that we know best to do for ourselves. Yes. And sometimes Mm -hmm. that doesn't align with, with something somebody else may choose. Mm -hmm. And I suppose you know, for people who are struggling with that feeling if they've lost friends, you know, I don't, this is one of those things. I don't know if that's a permanent thing. If you can, that's it. You can never be friends Mm -hmm. or if it's eventually some of these differences will fade away. Like, like one is able to have friends who have different political beliefs or different religious Mm -hmm. beliefs. You find ways to navigate that. Sometimes you just don't talk about them. Sometimes you do, but you, you find a way to do that. I don't know if this will fade into one of those kinds of things, Mm -hmm. but you know, for some people, I I don't think either you or me, um, this was a, this was more than just an interruption in their life. They lost Mm -hmm. friends and family who died to this Mm -hmm. disease. Mm -hmm. And probably for folks who've gone through that, it's harder to be more understanding. I would imagine. Yeah. I'm projecting here. I, I would be harder for me to understand mm-hmm. somebody with a drastically different view or who didn't take it as seriously as I did. Yeah. Um, so I imagine that there are going to be some friendships that um, are left in the dust as things settle. And I don't with know. The that, out, with the final outcome remaining to be seen in yeah. the next six months or whatever time it takes. Um, I'm sure there, there'll be some people who will find their way to, to reconnect with the friendship and for others, it was, it was just the path that they took. 
Yeah. yeah. And I guess this is a good, a good reminder too, that as much as, you know, friendships are so valuable and we each value our friends, not every friend is meant to be a friend for your whole life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hate yeah. the thought of that because I have so many dear friends that I would <laughs> just right now thinking I would just be devastated if they were not part of the rest of my life. But not everyone is meant to stay in your life forever. So um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't mean to say yeah. that makes it okay if you've lost friends, but. No, but I think the, our experience, we, I, I think it's experience that tells us that. And we speak from experience because yeah. it has happened. Yes. Those yeah. friends who, I think we said this on one of our other podcasts, friends come into your life for a reason, a season, mm-hmm. or a lifetime. Right. And those lifetime friends are incredibly special. Um, and the other friends are special for the time they're in our lives as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Anyway, so we can't leave on a. There's so much more. I know, no, but there's this. It's it's a a evolving topic. It's it's because friendships are evolving and relationships evolve and time evolves. So um, so we're not some. We're leaving it, you know, where we're leaving it for now. But that means it's that's just one chapter in the the life cycle of friendships. It's true. This has been a bit of a bumpy chapter, but indeed, just, <laughs> yes. just a chapter. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. More to come. Awesome. Well, I think, I think we've exhausted the topic for today. Uh-huh. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us and we will see thank you on the next you. episode. Bye. Bye-bye.